Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan here inside Yorkshire. Today I'm talking to Tony Collins, who is the Chief Executive of um, Harriet Hospice Home Care, as well as Just Be and St Michael's Hospice. Hello there, Tony. Hello. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us about this. It's a rather a difficult time at the moment, health-wise, I think, for everything that's going on. Um, but um, I understand that you offer a lot of support. You're a charity. You're a are they all three are charities, are they? Yes, yeah. I mean, there's the, the two uh, main hospice brands there, St Michael's Hospice, based in Harrogate in the district, and Harriet Hospice Home Care, who work across the communities of Hamilton and Richmondshire. And then there's Just Be Bereavement Support and Emotional Wellbeing Support, which operates across the full geographical patch and, and beyond that. And what we've been uh, doing uh, since the pandemic since the outbreak of the pandemic, if you like, is uh, maintaining, shoring up and doing things a little bit differently in our traditional based services, which I can talk about, but also introducing a range of new services uh, in response to the needs that are presented by a, a rapidly changing situation. If you wouldn't mind explaining just how that's working, Tony. Yeah, well, I guess on the more traditional uh, services, i.e. those services that were being carried out before, uh, the outbreak of the pandemic. Uh, Harriet Hospice Home Care and indeed St Michael's Hospice continue and in fact have increased the amount of care we're giving to those at the end of their lives in, in their home. And this care is provided on a very regular basis, a fairly intensive basis, and enables individuals to spend their last days at home rather than being admitted to hospitals unnecessarily and can often be seen as even more scary places at the moment. Uh, at the advent uh, of this outbreak. Uh, we also operate an inpatient unit setting at uh, Harrogate uh, with 10 beds, which has been fully occupied and we've had to do things a little differently in terms of protective equipment for staffing and uh, screening. And unfortunately, we've had to limit the number of visitors, uh, but we've, we've kept going uh, very strongly as a service. And then a range of other services have just adapted such as our service specifically for those living with motor neurone disease across the entire area has become more telephone based than visiting based, but we still do visit. And our traditional day therapy has developed into telephone calling and welfare checking as well. Uh, on the Just Be bereavement support and emotional wellbeing side, that was a service which operated on primarily on a one-to-one face-to-face support service, giving specialist bereavement. Uh, and grief support for children, young people and adults. That's all changed to telephone-based support uh, and is still being provided uh, very effectively. And we were in uh, over 26 primary and secondary schools throughout uh, Hamilton, Richmondshire, Harrogate and District providing emotional wellbeing and mental health support to the students of those schools. Obviously with the schools closed we've had to adapt that as well and we've made ourselves available on the phone for that, and that's being used quite effectively. Uh, over and above all of that, we've then launched uh, a new uh, service called the Here to Help Anxiety Helpline, which is run by Just Be, and that takes calls from uh, across uh, Hamilton, Richmondshire, Harrogate and District and beyond 
uh, from eight till eight, seven days a week. And those calls are for anybody who's affected by any forms of anxiety due to COVID-19. That could be anxiety around health matters, finance matters, often in lockdowns, uh, mental health issues and anxiety are accentuated and they come to the fore. So it's good to have uh, that, that phone number to ring. Uh, in addition to that, we've also part of the national partnership providing bereavement and trauma telephone-based support for NHS and social services staff uh, throughout the UK, uh, which is in partnership and under the Commission of NHS England. Uh, and again, as you can imagine, the, the volume of calls there is beginning to increase quite substantively. Uh, and another number of other areas we're working on as well. My goodness, I had no idea it was quite so involved. Um, it's a lot that you're doing a lot more than I was initially aware of. The um, my my first introduction really was through talking to someone who um, works for Harriet Hospice Home Care and. Um, I understand that a lot of your staff, if not, I, I don't know how many, but the majority are volunteers, aren't they? Uh, we have a total staff uh, number of a little shy of 200. and We have about six to 700 registered volunteers as well. Uh, and they volunteer across a range of services, including our retail outlets, which uh, when they were open, used to raise money for us. Uh, fundraising uh, as well as providing direct services on our inpatient units supporting in the community supporting on these helplines as well you know we're we're blessed with uh, cons some considerable volunteer support and are they um are they retired um nursing staff or a, a variety across the board there's a there's a remarkable uh, range and variety uh from from very young people from people uh, in training from students at the moment we've had an influx of uh, wonderful volunteer students uh, who've been sort of sent home from university uh, providing support uh, all the way through to retired and as far as their, their sort of background is concerned that's varied ranging from uh, some top professionals psychiatrists psychologists uh, medical staff social workers uh, of a retired uh, of the retired variety uh, and all sorts of people no it's um it it's wonderful really that um i also did see that you presume well i don't know i'll just ask the question some of the services that you were providing in the home how are you managing with all of that because that must be quite restrictive then in the um in accessing people are volunteers still going into people's homes uh, the services that we're providing in the home at the moment during uh, this pandemic are provided by uh, trained staff uh, only at this time. Uh, we're providing uh, in excess of about 40 to 50 hours per day uh, support in homes and we do so with uh, the correct uh, protective personal equipment as guided by the government. And that hasn't been a problem for you accessing that then? Uh, it has been, but now we've uh, started to access that through uh, NHS England again, who are putting together uh, a wonderful programme to ensure that hospices are supported in the same way uh, that the NHS is. I understand initially, now that I'm going back, was it 1991 that you initially it was going to be a hospice actually set up in North Allison, but then you decided 
or it was decided by a committee, I presume, that it was better to actually have it as a home-based service? Uh, I mean, before my time, but I've heard the history, uh, because the history is important. Uh, yeah, if, 90, if 1991 is what you're being quoted, then I'll go with that. Uh, it was certainly established by a group of uh, wonderful community uh, people who felt that the need, and they were quite right with this, the need was more for a home-based mm. service. Uh, describes themselves as a hospice without walls. Uh, hospice, which is becomes the service provided in people's homes. That is where the biggest need is. Uh, long been documented that almost 70% of individuals would prefer to die in their homes than in a hospital. I mean, many more would do, do like the idea of dying in, in a hospice, in those sort of surroundings and homely surroundings. But the primary place where people would like to die is at home with their home comforts, with their loved ones around them, uh, etc. And mm. that's therefore where the resources should be targeted. And that's where our Harry Hospice Home Care sprung from. Right. And are you actually dealing with people, um, COVID-19 people, or are they? is that not part of what you're doing at the moment? Uh, we, we would do. I couldn't tell you at this very moment whether we are. Uh, we would do, and we're geared up to do so. Uh, sometimes people who are dying or at the end of their life due to a diagnosis other than COVID-19 maybe COVID-19 uh, positive. Uh, it may be uh, the, the both are happening at the same time. Uh, usually, but not always, uh, those individuals who sadly die uh, from the uh, virus are hospitalised uh, oh. at that time. So we're not involved in that support at that time unless they're in an inpatient unit uh, in Harrogate with us. Yes, I think there's been quite a lot of publicity about the um, the difficulties experienced by people who have been admitted into hospital and because of the current situation can't have family with them. So the fact that you're prepared to follow it through in the home is um, is really good because I, I've heard people saying that, you know, really the choice of if it's not going to be, if it's end of life, the choice would be to stay at home no matter what, at least with uh, family there to support them as well as the, um, the trained staff. Yeah, I think, I think that's often the case, but not always the case. Uh, some people also find there are individuals that find uh, the home a scary place to be when they're dying. Uh, it may be particularly for those who are younger, that they don't particularly want that house to be remembered uh, by their children or others as a place uh, where their father or mother died. Uh, there can be all sorts of contributory factors uh, in, in making that decision. And what's really important is that the healthcare system is geared up to respond to any one of those potential choices. And sometimes it's not either or. Sometimes it's about going into a specialist unit to have symptom control so that that person would find it easier to be at home for the last days and weeks of life. But sometimes it's about being available at the very last stages of life so that, that person Definitely. can maximise the amount of time they have at home. So it's, it's different for different people, but in the majority in, of cases, of, of individual cases, uh, it's exactly as you say. I understand as well. I mean, I don't know if, if you're still continuing with this, um, whether it's something that's possible, but I did see that 
under more usual circumstances that you also provide well you also have volunteers who provide aromatherapy reflexology acupuncture as well as chiropody hair yeah. cutting that sort of thing at home yeah we're not doing that at this stage <laughs> no i didn't think i thought that was a big ask at the moment <laughs> but yeah we like i mean anything that helps people i mean there's 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 much there's more practical stuff than that as well we uh, we have services where volunteers drive uh, individuals to and from their hospital or doctor-based appointments. Uh, we have volunteers who will help with the gardening, housekeeping, shopping, dog walking, uh, you name it. Uh, we have volunteers that will support that. Anything that makes that, uh, makes that viable for that person to remain at home. Yes, makes it easier. Good support there, definitely. Mm. And uh, so the charity shops now then, I misunderstood. You've got a, a, a fairly new charity shop in um, in Richmond, which, as you say, they're all closed at the moment. Yes. But because of the name, I'm intrigued to know where the name came from, because as it's Harriet Hospice initially, I thought it was ignorance here on my part. I thought it was something to do with animals. No, no and that's often, that's often a misconception. Uh, it is named Harriet Hospice uh, Home Care, uh, because Harriet, as you know, is synonymous uh, with that area. Uh, it's, it conjures up those pictures, if you like, that image which is quite accurate around uh, the rolling countryside, the, the fact that we have to travel to those far out places, often working with individuals who are living and dying in their, in their farms, in the farmhouses, and we go out in all weathers, etc. And add to that that one of our wonderful trustees is also the daughter of James Herriot. Uh, there's a wonderful uh, somehow legacy uh, in his name of, of that support. And we get tremendous support as well uh, from the, uh, the vets, his old veterinary surgery. Uh, and of course, the, those, that great programme, the Yorkshire Vet, support us very, very well. Yes, yes. We, we interviewed him actually just a couple of, um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Who did you interview, Peter or Julian? Julian, Julian. Julian. Yes, okay. um, sorry, yes, not just him. There's a couple of them, isn't there? No, mm. I've, I've not mm. managed to get Peter yet, but certainly Julian. It was an interesting episode because he was out in, the, out in the garden with the birds singing. It sounded lovely. I understand that um, back in, was it 2013, you had the Princess Royal um, involved. There was a, a charity, um, a 21st anniversary garden party. Was that before your time or? Uh, it was at Harry Hospital Home Care, actually, but we've had uh, Princess Anne at uh, an event later than that, just a, uh, less than a couple of years ago. Uh, came to a reception at uh, the Swinton Hotel uh, in Massam uh, to as a way of saying thank you to a number of our committed volunteers and supporters uh, he's uh, a wonderful supporter of the hospice uh, and I think she's on the two or three occasions I believe over the years whenever she's been asked to support us uh, she's done so uh, and of course her arrival always attracts a huge interest as well yes definitely no, that's good. And the um, I understand also that you're involved with, I don't know which, whether it's Harriet Hospice or one of the others, involved with the Nightingale Hospital in Harrogate. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, all of us. So we, we, we are uh, ready to, when Nightingale, Yorkshire and Humber 
hospitals, as you quite rightly say, which is based in Harrogate, but covering uh, patients from the entirety of Yorkshire uh, and Humberside. Uh, when that uh, steps up, ready to open, which could be uh, at any time, at very short notice, uh, we would be involved, the Just Be service would be involved in providing the family support team, which would work with mm. visitors visiting those who are in their last stages of life and taking and making calls as well. In addition to that, uh, the St Michael's uh, consultants in palliative medicine would also provide uh, some of the consultant provision uh, in the wards. And in addition to that, we'd be part of the chaplaincy rota, which is being put together uh, across the region. So that's all come together remarkably quickly uh, and effectively uh, ready for use. I think it would be quite nice in some way if it was never used, um, mm. but it's ready for use. Well, yes, yes. I mean, I understand that the um, the hospital down in in London is um, just on standby now. They've they've not got patients at present, which is encouraging that there that the need is not there, but we know that it's there as backup. Yeah, and I mean they're they're winding down in some sense there. So uh, each of the nightingales, and obviously the XL ones, which you refer to as a major one, uh, mm. each of the nightingales will have their own strategy according to local local need. And is working that strategy out as that need and the demand uh, for, for them just changes literally on a daily basis. So, mm. so um, for the future, then, I mean, I hesitate to ask, none of us are able to make any plans, but um, presumably a lot of your fundraising events obviously will have been cancelled at present. What mm. have you got anything mm. planned that you think might be able to go ahead in the? Um, in the, the not too distant future? Uh, we're getting uh, remarkable levels of support from the community coming through uh, from donations and uh, real creativity around virtual uh, events. Uh, no, we don't plan certainly not to move ahead of any uh, government guidance into government mm. guidance in terms of uh, gatherings and we'll possibly even uh, increase the levels of uh, caution on that as well <coughs> uh, but we have support through a variety of uh, sources and that's being uh, largely maintained that includes our own uh, lottery uh, for Harriet Hospice Home Care and St Michael's uh, regular giving all sorts I mean we always need as much support as we can get to keep a lot of these services going uh, but we're also uh, being supported uh, very well by uh, the uh, additional money provided for the hospice movement to ensure that we can continue with our capacity, which is being provided uh, by the government under a, a COVID-19 initiative as well. So uh, we, we feel strong in the position we're in. Uh, we certainly don't feel complacent. We're going to need to maintain and increase our, our community-based support. Uh, and we know that we're going to come out. I'm absolutely confident we will come out of this uh, pandemic, whatever that may look like, we will come out uh, a different and, and stronger uh, organisation. So for the, from the listener's point of view, then, if anyone wants to get in touch either about volunteering, I don't know if you're taking on additional volunteers at the moment. Yes, yes, we've just got a variety of different ways in which we can use them and they'll be changing as uh, things change. But yeah, we would welcome inquiries from people who want to volunteer either their time, their talent, or, or indeed their treasure, 
because um yes i think people to have a sense of purpose at a time like this when you're saying that you've got the anxiety helpline i i will need some of these details i can put them in the show notes which i'll maybe get at the end of this if you don't mind tony yeah but sure. um really i think at a time like this not only the end of life care that you're offering the anxiety support line is that is that yeah. a phone in line yeah anybody can access that phone from eight till eight at any time do you want me to give you the number uh, if you wouldn't mind now? please yes so the number for that is oh one four two three eight five six seven nine nine so that's 01423 856799. Yes. And that's, that is the, um, that's what, the what is it called? Just Be Here to Help. Just Be Here to Help. Yeah. And that's for anxiety uh, or anxiety, anything. Yeah, really. any, any, I'll send you a poster as well. I'll send you okay, that would be good. Thank you. Yes, because um, I think at a time like this, it's not only people who are sick who are you know, physically sick, who are suffering, finding this difficult to cope with. I yeah. think even those of us who feel that we're fairly on, on a fairly even keel are up and down, up and down with moods at present. And absolutely. And the best thing that people can do there is, is, is simply to talk about it, find a safe space uh, where they feel safe. And, you know, an anonymous voice on the end of the phone who's used to dealing with such calls is, is, is an ideal place just to go be quieter and have that conversation and be honest and open yes and the the volunteers then any volunteers being taken on presumably you said you're taking on students as well you there's training involved is there yeah so we've, we've obviously had to maintain some services uh here in the inpatient unit so catering housekeeping uh a, a much in demand we also know uh or we we know that certainly there's going to be some relaxation of the guidelines towards the end of this week or at the very least a roadmap to such so we need to start gearing up to uh, the reopening perhaps of some shops uh, maybe we can start getting to and visiting some patients and supporters who are shielding uh, at home uh, and we would expect that the uh, although there's a lot of training involved in providing the support we would expect that those the levels of anxiety uh and perhaps bereavement and grief support and concern will rise over the next few months quite significantly and we want to be in a position to respond to that yes yes i understand as well from a conversation i had earlier on today that you're looking at um, providing further um, additional care support up in the dales was, was that a conversation with Dr. Brooks? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. he, said, he said he didn't think you would mind talking about it. My apologies if you would rather I cut it out. No, no, that's absolutely fine. Uh, we've been working for some time with Dr. Brooks on, a, on a, uh, an enhanced provision of home-based care, both health care and social care, uh, in, particularly in the area uh, of wreath and surrounding, because this is the area where people are simply being having to move out of the most beautiful areas and communities are being decimated so we're working uh with dr brooks we're also working in very close partnership with north yorkshire county council uh and we are getting ourselves into a position where we can actually kick off that service probably towards the beginning of june 
So mm. yeah, a very exciting project. So. Oh right. So how? Where would we find out more information about that then? Uh, if if you could if you could wait for more information on that because it's not <laughs> been finally agreed on that. But, it's uh, not released yet. Oh well, it's, we're it's, we're, it's we're book, telling everybody then everybody will know anyway. So. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'm clustered as everybody, but it will no, be once the pod, no. once the podcast goes out, definitely. <laughs> no, so I'll get the contact details from you and I'll put those in the show notes. Is there anything else that you'd like to say on all of this? I don't think so, other than a, a huge thank you to all those people that continue to support us. Uh, it, it makes a big difference to us. Uh, the smaller donations, the larger donations, just the message of support. Thank you very much and uh, keep going. Mm. Well, thank you very much, and to all of your um, all of your staff and volunteers, um, it's a, a fabulous service that you offer. Bit more involved than I'd actually realised before I spoke to you today. So um, it sounds like there's a heck of a lot going on there, and probably more to come. So yeah, thank you very much, Tony, for that. Yeah, you're very welcome. Good to talk to mm. you. Okay, this is Susan now signing out from inside Yorkshire. <laughs>